Hey everyone, Mark here, Just a Bit Outside Radio Show. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. We're Just a Bit Outside Radio Show dash Jabo, J A B O, Just a Bit Outside Radio Show dash Jabo, J A B O. This past Monday was an amazing show. Uh, Keisha and I, we of course chopped it, about, chopped it up about the Ravens' loss to Cleveland, uh, but we didn't want to stick on that too much because that's just too darn depressing to think about. We gave our booty huffs and our come-throughs, and we uh, uh, talked a little bit about sports, but we also talked a lot about Baltimore. We had a, an amazing dude come through, Dr. Tunes. He's talking about uh, his journey. He talked about his murals that he paints that are just these phenomenal pieces of art. And uh, really, it was just such an amazing time. Uh, you know, I talk about a little bit about, about it at the end of the show uh, right now, but I'm going to say it again here. Uh, it was just amazing to to sit back and listen to the guy speak, because even though technically Keish and I are the ones doing the interview, we're there to get the guest story, and you know those are the situations where I'd much rather be listening than speaking, and uh, I'm very glad that I was this past Monday. That episode will be dropping on the uh, podcast sites real soon. If you didn't get a chance to, to check it out, we're always on Facebook, and the podcast will be dropping real soon, so you can check it out there as well. Uh, tonight was AEW All Elite Wrestling. Their weekly show, Dynamite, debuted tonight on TNT. First time TNT has carried wrestling since 2001 when WCW folded and was bought by WWE. It's been a long time since uh, we've had... A uh, major promotion on another major cable network, and uh, tonight was the first night of it uh, coming back. And so you have AEW, All Elite Wrestling, Dynamite number one. I was joined by my friend Gary Godso, another big wrestling fan. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, we chopped it up about the this debut episode. We looked at every segment and kind of gave some commentary on it. And uh, really cool to connect with another wrestling fan and just... Uh, uh, you know, talk about uh, everything that we saw uh, out of the show, our thoughts on it, and uh, and getting hyped up for next week. So, uh, you know, here's uh, Gary and I as we uh, talk about AEW Dynamite, episode number one. Hey, everyone. It's Mark here. Just a bit outside radio show presents the real on wrestling AEW Dynamite Wednesday night. The debut episode it just wrapped up and i want to welcome gary godso long big wrestling fan how's it going gary hey it's great to be here uh thanks for inviting me and uh it's always good to be talking to you sweet 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 so uh general impressions uh first episode of aew dynamite what'd you think well fourteen thousand one hundred and twenty nine was the announced attendance uh, the crowd seemed hot. The first match was hot right off the bat. Uh, yes. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, other than, and I think I'm not going to be the only one that's going to be uh, complaining about this, but the, the ad breaks uh, seemed a little bit disruptive. And we know that NXT was advertising limited ad breaks tonight. So I'm going to be watching that recording here sometime later tonight. Uh, I'd like to see the difference between their limited breaks and the, the uh, constant, I don't want to say constant, uh, but there was a three ad break period where we didn't see a single match in the first hour. Yeah, yeah, the ad breaks were. I, I think personally, like you know, that's just American TV. That's yeah. the way it is. We get so many ad breaks, but yeah, NXT was limited ad breaks, and they had an overrun. They like they ended like 
just a little bit ago, so good 10 minutes after AEW. Well, let's, let's not uh, get anybody excited to stop the podcast so they have to go watch that right now. So <laughs> listen to us and then go listen to NXT or go watch NXT. Exactly, exactly. Um, so you said the first match and it, it started off pretty hot. It was Cody versus Sammy Guevara. Um, the show opened with the commentators, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And they kind of ran through the card, and then there's a little video package. What do you think about the opening of the show? I would call it a very traditional, if you're used to watching, even going back to March of 2001, if you didn't watch, if that's when you stopped watching wrestling, going back to the last episode of WCW Nitro, and you didn't watch anything up until now, it was pretty traditional as to what it was then to what it is now to what you saw tonight. Uh, I think good production qualities. There was nothing really cheap about it. One of the things that in, uh, that AEW has been kind of knocks with in the, uh, the first couple of their shows has been that the camera work and some of the production values have been a little rough. We're not talking Bush League, just a little rough. And I didn't really see a lot of that at all in this. Uh, it's certainly in the first segment. Uh, I think the only production thing that really pops out to me was uh later in the evening we'll get to that uh uh cameraman like clearly in the in the line of view which is a, a faux pas yeah. for tv but uh going from double or nothing to now the, the production's increased dramatically oh, yeah, much, much more slick yeah uh, you said a word that really, when you said it, it struck me as like the perfect word, traditional. It was such a traditional show opening like if, for a wrestling show. And if you're a traditional wrestling fan, that's going to appeal to you. But what about the, the non-traditional fan, the, the casual fan that, you know, maybe they're hearing about AEW and, oh, maybe like uh, they're hearing about how the Attitude Era wrestling wars are going to come back. Do you think that's going to appeal to them? Well, I am part of that returning group. Uh, I think kind of the background story between me and you is we cry across circles and uh, other and other ha- other fandoms and other hobbies. But uh, you didn't really know I was yes. a wrestling fan and I didn't really advertise I was a wrestling fan because I was really watching it during the Attitude Era. And then I stopped about 2004, 2005 when it all became about Triple H. And I said, that's enough. I'm done. <laughs> uh, and I just didn't really recent. I, there was no particular reason why I started really coming back at this point in time, but my timing was very fortuitous because here we come with a new promotion that kind of wanted to bring back a lot of the traditional elements that we like to watch. If you go back and even watch stuff in the attitude area, it's, you know, pretty much you'll see the intro like it was tonight. You hear Jim Ross's voice like it was tonight. Uh, you'll get the pounds of the, the pans of the crowd like it was tonight. Uh, and, and you go jump right on into the first match. If you watch wrestling today, and I'm not knocking the production, it's just the way it's morphed into. It's show starts, 15-minute promo, ad break. And we haven't seen a lick of wrestling yet. This particular show, you were right into it right off the bat. And the, the crowd was hot, and, and that made me go- have goosebumps and make me you know, get into the match as well as home because I, I was really into it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Cody, Sam Guevara, that was the first match. Like you said, it was back and forth. What do you think about, in particular, Sammy Guevara's well, performance? He's playing the heel here, and that's, I think that's his mainstay character. I think he did a really good job. I think there might have been one or two botched moves, but, hey, I'm not going to take any of that away from him. Big match, big atmospheres. I'm sure there was butterflies on 
everyone's in everyone's stomach. Uh, Cody did a good match, and hell, even Brandy took a bump, and uh, she took it just like a champ. Yes. And she kind of played a little bit into the uh, ending uh, when she hit Sammy. Uh, was it with yeah. her shoe? Yeah, and, and she hit him with something when when uh, Cody was in Ring of Honor and in some other promotions where he was wrestling. And after his uh, uh, tenure in WWE, when uh, they were kind of playing the heel shtick themselves, that was kind of a typical ending from her, where she would distract the face and then smack him with the shoe or something, and then and then Cody would get the roll up. And we kind of had a little bit of that here, but. Uh, in this case, it was more of a, a comeuppance uh, for the heel uh, versus uh, the heel going over uh, at, with the aid of the uh, his valet, so to speak. This was her getting even for pulling for Sammy pulling her in front of him. Yes, yes. Um, for me, I, I, I thought Sammy's performance was amazing, uh, especially having that pressure of being the first match. Um, but I think the match told a story like a, any match is supposed to. And it also very much emphasized that you could make a wrestler look better even losing. Sammy comes out of this. Cody gets the win. I think that was expected. Sammy looked like well, a great I think performer. The other thing they also emphasized in this match, too, and you saw it all night long with the graphics. And I think that really started with All In. Uh, excuse me, All Out. Uh, when you, if you saw the graphics starting at uh, All Out, where they actually emphasized the wins and losses, not just single matches, but overall matches, they were over. They were emphasizing, not overemphasizing, but definitely emphasizing during this match that if Sammy wins, he could take away this upcoming title shot that uh, Cody has planned uh, or booked for uh, full gear. Uh, so once again, we're not talking yes. about 50-50 booking here. We're talking about actual consequences of uh, if I win the match, you know, if if I beat the guy that's the number one contender, I therefore become the number one contender. Very New Japan-like, very, kind of Ring of Honor-like also as well. Uh, I like that a lot. And that also put additional if, if, some excitement into the match. Like I'm, I'm watching the actual replay right now and when, when Sammy had the uh, – the, where he did the two flips off the top and then hit him with the moonsault on, when he was on the uh, yes. apron or in the, min- in the middle of the, of the ring. The crowd at that point was uh-huh. starting to buy it. And I was like, if he won there, then you're going to see him and Chris Jericho at full gear more likely because of that win. And that's what I really liked about what they were emphasizing in that first match. Yeah, it, it, that match have consequences. And that's uh, uh, it's something that, like you mentioned, 50-50 booking, people don't know what it is. It's WWE to give wins and losses to each person alternating. You get 50%. Yeah. So Cody gets the win, and Tony Shiva interview time, and uh, surprise of the night. Chris Jericho coming down and attacking Cody. How, how do you think this segment came off? Uh, well, they had a good camera angle. The crowd definitely saw and, and was letting you know that someone was running in. And I was I, I was turning to my wife saying, yeah. what's going on? Someone's running in. And then all of a sudden, uh, you see the uh, forearm to the back, and it's Jericho. So you're just basically setting up uh, the match between the two at uh, full gear. You just have the typical uh, heel getting the heat over the baby face. Uh, to to make you want to ha- uh, make make you want the baby face to get his return and the heels come up in, in the main event at full gear. Yeah, yeah, and I, it's interesting because I was in a in a chat uh, during the show, and some people were wondering why Jericho's attacking Cody already. 
Outsiders, Mark here. Technical difficulties again. Sorry, I had a phone call that came in and actually cut off the audio uh, as Gary and I were speaking. We just reconnected after the last technical difficulty. And then this happens. But don't worry, this next segment goes all the way through to the end of the show. Uh, us talking about AEW Dynamite number one. And uh, yeah, but, you know, I want to take this moment to again mention <coughs> this uh, Real of Wrestling podcast is a uh, spin-off, an offshoot of Just a Bit Outside Radio Show, Dash Jabbo on Facebook. That's uh, me and Keisha. We uh, talk sports in Baltimore every other Monday. Currently, we're going to be dropping uh, audios and videos and maybe even blogs here and there. Uh, you know, we definitely want to get the output up and keep in touch with our, our you know, our listeners, our, our fans. And, uh, you know, we used to do the show weekly out of uh, out of a local radio station, and uh, we 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 took ownership. We took it out of the the radio station. We made it our own, and uh, you know we're doing a damn thing, and uh, it feels good. We we really enjoy what we do, and uh, all of our shows and all of our guests, and we have a blast. It, it really is. I mean, it's a it's a lot of work to put in. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know we we uh we have a blast and uh i just want to encourage everyone to check out that page and, you know if you're a wrestling fan and you're checking out this podcast because of the wrestling aspect that's awesome and uh i'm definitely looking at spinning off the real on wrestling from a segment on a show to a show of its own and i will definitely be speaking with you uh maybe not in person or over the phone but from podcast to your ears i will absolutely be speaking with you um but you know maybe you're a sports fan also check out just a bit outside radio show dash jabbo on facebook we're all over all the other podcasting sites since we've restarted our show just recently there's not too much content but we're growing it all the time and uh you're trying to put some some extra bonus audio clips together that way uh you know we get more content out there i'm gonna go through for you wrestling fans i'm gonna go through some old audios that i have uh from the april of 2017 my very first press uh uh press pass press media credentials to a show and it was a ring of honor television taping and uh i got an interview an amazing interview um with the kingdom which tko ryan was injured at the time so it was Vinny marseglia or marcella or however you want to say it i've heard it pronounced a million different ways and uh the man who just dropped the roh uh, world championship matt taven um I listened to this not too long ago, and I was really impressed with it. And Matt Taven was one of my favorite interviews by far. Uh, there's another guy whose name escapes me right now. We played that on the air back then. It was when we were just getting our feet wet in this whole radio recording business. And, um, you know, it did. I had some really good interviews. Uh, recently won the Maryland Championship Wrestling, or MCW. I think they just shortened just that. Uh uh, Rhett Titus had an interview with him. Awesome stuff. I'm going to dig those out. I'm going to uh, edit them and I'm going to put them on the, the Just a Bit Outside radio show page as like bonus content. I'm going to drop them to the podcast sites as bonus content. That way you can check out. They're a little bit older interviews. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the, the things I got Matt Taven to talk about was really cool because as a wrestling fan, um, you know, there's certain things I, I wanted to ask him and I did. And I uh, got some honest answers. It was awesome. 
so that's what we're doing with the Real On Wrestling with Just A Bit Outside Radio Show. Go check those out when you're done with this podcast. Uh, but here we go. Uh, I get Big Area back on the line, and we keep on talking about tonight's Dynamite. Uh, and I think another reason why we saw Jericho so early is for the casual fan that just happened to be flipping around. Uh, that's probably going to be the one face that we're going to recognize if you watch it back from the Attitude Area, and the one name you're definitely going to recognize, especially if you watch in the Attitude Area, is is Chris Jericho. And you're flipping around, and you're like, oh, oh, here's Chris Jericho. Hey, he's aged, a... pretty, aged pretty well. He's got a little bit of a dad gut going on. But, hey, it's still it's pretty much all the Chris Jericho I remember when he became the uh, first Unified Champion. Long hair and all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great point, too. Like, like you said, like if we're someone flipping channels and they come across Chris Jericho, they're like, oh, what's this? What's going on? Chris Jericho. I remember him. Yeah. Um, something I took away from that segment, I don't know if you, if you agree or not. Um, was it seemed like Jericho was really going stiff with Cody, not like you know, to be mean or anything, just wanting probably wanting to make it look really good. I, I think with Cody, I think he likes it that way a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was he was the one head up, uh, head up to an open, even though it was gimmicked, and I'm using air quotes, uh, chair shot. Still, that's that's you don't see anyone doing that these days and i that might just be his style of wanting to get it over with the crowd is like if you're going to hit me go ahead and hit me um they seemed that they were making it you know keeping everything safe and everything and uh, that's really jericho's job when he's the attacker is you know make it look convincing and good but all the while not killing the guy that you're actually making the, the performing the move or performing the act on so uh they did a really good job at selling it that's the case exactly they did it, it was such a great uh, beatdown, like just to, to sell the, the match coming up. They took their first commercial break, and it was that first view of the uh, of the picture in picture. Yeah. With you continue to see the beatdown with no commentary, with commercials going on, and I, I thought that was a really good touch. Yeah, I do like, uh, and, and we've seen this with the well, not to mention Fox, but Fox, of course. Fox that kind of did it with their NASCAR and uh, some other sports coverage. Uh, we've seen yep. uh, WWE do it. Certainly, I've seen them do it with SmackDown. I think they do it with Raw. If they want to do more of this, and you know, even put the the the, the ad or the company that's sponsoring this this PIP segment being brought to you by Allstate, whatever, and run it down the bottom, that's fine too. If they want to do more of that, I'm I'm all right with that. And we don't necessarily need to uh, yeah hear the commentary. We could do our own commentary for yeah. that matter. But the fact is, I think we're getting we feel like we're getting more for our viewing buck that if we get to see everything instead of having to sit through uh, four minute television commercial blocks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, let's see. Up next was the Brandon Cutler MJF match, which I don't know about you, but I'm a big fan of MJF already. I think he's amazing on the mic. He's like a in mic skills. He's like a modern day uh, Rick Rude. He just denigrates the crowd, tells you that he's better than them, and he knows it. That's the one thing that really got me in this particular match at the start of this match is being the elite has been trying to sell us Brandon Cutler as, you know, this sympathetic baby face. And you would think that he would get some sort of baby face pop at his introduction. Crickets. Crickets when he was introduced. I felt bad for him. This is just really, other than being in the uh, the battle royals 
or the casino battle royales, as they call them. Uh, I, I felt kind of really bad for this being his first big televised match to come out to nothing. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, there's 14,000 plus in the in the arena. I'm sure a lot of them watch BT, but really, realistically, how many of them do? So how many of them are really ex- exposed to Brandon Cutler? Uh, for them, it was probably like seeing the jobber come out. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. Uh, you, you would think that most of this crowd would be buyers of BT, but maybe not everyone. Uh, but the, the other thing is, I think it might be a little unfortunate it's spacing on the card, too, where you just had a hot match. You just had the number one heel champion come out uh, and you got the crowd all wound up. And then and then you go in and you transition to the next match and everyone's kind of spent. Uh, and that might have been a result of that. The nice thing about this match is it wasn't particularly long. It was one of the shortest of the night. It was like right around three minutes or so. Uh, but it got yes. the point across, and and I, I think the outcome of the match is uh, the way they booked it and everything was the proper way. It was a a uh, submission finish. Brandon Cutler tapped out. Uh, interestingly, he did a, a move off the uh, ropes right before that, and his knee buckled. Uh, do you think legit injury, or do you think uh, that was part of the, the the show? It's hard to tell these days. These guys sell it so well. Uh, I, I would say that he probably uh, – you didn't really see much. And who was the, the ref? Uh, that was Remsburg. I didn't, you, didn't see, uh, uh, a lot, you didn't see a lot of Remsburg uh, actions there after the fact, getting trainers down there to take a look at him after the match. Um, I like how they named uh, MJF's, uh, which was an armbar submission. The, the, the name of the submission is the Salt of the Earth. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I, I think Cutler's okay. I don't think that's legit. I'm, I, I hope not. And if it is, I, I, I hope he's okay. So, Wait, I just lose you. Did I lose you? You hear him talking to you? You there? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, for, I think I lost you there for a second. Oh, that's weird. Okay, you know, go ahead. My, uh, um, what's the last thing you heard? Uh, I, I think we're just uh, wrapping up on this match. Okay, yeah. Um, when MGF was coming down to the ring, there was a a fan with a sign that said you are not in uh, Shane O'Mac, which I just found <laughs> hilarious for some reason. And, and, and that's the nice thing about AEW is that they'll allow that fan interaction. I don't think the WWE necessarily would allow that fan interaction. Oh no, no, for sure. Um, let's see. The next segment was uh, SCU. SCU does a little video out in front of the white house. Um, of course they have to do the, uh, the worst town I've ever been to portion and then back live in the arena, and it's an uh, interview on stage. Back with Tony Schiavone. And uh, long story short, the Lucha Brothers come out after a little bit of talking, and we end up in a brawl again. Um, what did you think about this segment, how, how it played out? Scorpio Sky does a pretty impressive Obama impersonation. <laughs> he does. I, I was wondering if it was recorded audio for, for a little bit. 
Yeah, we actually had uh, – there was uh, two segments here that kind of just went on one on top of the other. Uh, we did have Chris Van Bleet interview Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes who were sitting ringside, which brought That's in right. Jellico and Evans and uh, Private Party. So we saw that tag team interaction setting up something in the future. But then I, 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 the bigger of the two, of course, is going to be SCU versus the Lucha Brothers. Uh, I don't think they're on the same side of each other uh, in the tournament. So they would have to meet in the finals in order to see each other. But it's definitely a continuation of the last match we saw them against each other at Fight for the Fallen. Yes, yes. Um, it's the the second interview of the night, and it, it ends in a brawl. Do you see a trend starting here? Uh, you're going to see a lot of action, even though it's not always in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> Uh, next up was uh, Adam Page versus The Bastard. Uh, I think a lot of people were looking forward to this because it was supposed to happen before. Yep. And uh, it, it it was given a good, decent amount of time. Yeah, it was. But for the first, I don't know, third of the match, it just didn't seem to click for a little bit for me. And then I don't know what happened. Just the crowd decided to get hot again, and everything they were doing was starting to really work. Uh, did you kind of see the match the same way or differently uh yeah i did it's uh, the it did start off slow and and i don't okay. know if that was just part of their storytelling in the ring that we're gonna we're gonna build it up we're gonna start with the heel and then do the baby face rally and then go with the the heel finish um i it was 13 minutes which was the longest match of the night and then, and because and it might be laughing at me it's like how is he keeping track of the time and everything now that time matters in these matches because it relates to their record if we get to a draw. I'm, I'm actually now I have a little stopwatch app on my, on my laptop so I can sit here and say, well, we're at the 10-minute mark. We're at the third. It also kind of gives you some idea of when a finish might be coming so when you start to start paying you know, better attention going on. So at 13 minutes, I okay. think it was probably the, the best time uh, for the match. It got all the action we wanted to see. Uh, and I, I think the, the outcome was the correct outcome. I remember when we saw this book that was like, I just don't see how how they would let Hangman win this one. Uh, I would take a Hangman win. I like him. I, I love the character, and I, I think he's over. But I just like I don't see how uh, they would allow him to go over with uh, with who. If maybe he was going to get somebody else, maybe he goes over. But when you exactly. have when you have Pack, and they said his name like eight different ways in this show, Pack and Pack. <laughs> I believe it's Pack. Uh, when when you already had him with the convincing submission win over you know uh, Kenny Omega to to get yes. him back in the ring, it, it, you just you had to feel that the right booking decision was to have him go over in this match, and that's exactly what they did with the exact same move with the Dominator. And I don't even think he tapped. I think Hebner just called for the bell, not not in a Shawn Michaels kind of way, but he called for the bell because I think I think there was no other choice. Yeah, like he determined that uh, Hangman could no longer uh, continue the match, kind of like a Stone Cold Steve Austin WrestleMania 13. Yeah, with less blood. Yeah, ref, no blood. Ref discretion. Ref discretion. And also the other thing interesting about this match, I think it did have a commercial break in the middle, which did affect probably that action at the front end. And ironically, that was a commercial break that we had the WWE competing commercials. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's, that's where we had I, the SmackDown on Fox, which were back-to-back SmackDown on Fox commercials. Oh, wow. Um, 
question just off the wall. Uh, do you watch on cable or are you like on a streaming service? No, I'm sitting here uh, watching uh, TNT on uh, DirecTV. DirecTV, okay. Uh, oh, wow, because I have Sling, which I think is owned by Direct. No. Yeah, it's owned by DirecTV, I think. Um, and I don't recall a, a SmackDown commercial. So yeah, maybe it's, a, uh, maybe just my market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so coming up next after that match was the uh, women's championship: Nyla Rose and Riho. Um, Britt Baker was supposed to be on guest commentary. It seemed more like she just sat at the table. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us how you really. really uh, well, that was eight years of study, <laughs> and that was it. Pretty much out. <laughs> yeah, like. I don't know if maybe she was nervous or just uh, maybe something happened and she couldn't speak. Uh, so I, I found that kind of odd. Like you'd think they'd say she's out here to watch the match if that was the, supposed to be the, uh, the 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 idea that she's scouting them. Um, but the match, it, it ended up with uh, Riho becoming the first ever AEW Women's Champion. Uh, personally, I kind of thought they were going to go with Nyla simply because the way they've been marketing her. Um, and uh, I wasn't really sold on that. I thought her performance at all out was not very good. She, she seemed sloppy in the ring. Uh, I thought tonight she did a lot better and I thought the match was, was very good. Uh, your thoughts, depending on who you talk to this, it, it either this match or the previous match, the, the page uh, pack match that was probably the best of the night. Both were, were very solid matches, I would say. In the in the Meltzer world, at least three stars for both these matches. And most people think, <laughs> oh, three stars, that's not good. Three stars is a really good match for a TV for, for a TV showing. So three stars is nothing to sneeze at. Um, I was caught back because I predicted uh, Nyla Rose for this one as well. This is a home game for her. And yes. most of the time in the wrestling world, when you have a home game, you're rewarded now. And that's not always the case because the last pay-per-view WWE, <laughs> which was in Charlotte, jobbed both of the hometowners in that particular pay-per-view. So I thought, well, yeah. you know, AEW seems to be the more traditionalist. Uh, they would probably give this to Rose, and they didn't. But on top of that, they did a really good job at selling Rio as a sympathetic babyface. Uh, yep. they, they did a good job at, at presenting her as an underdog. Uh, Rose did play the heel uh, in, the, in this particular match. And I think you're right. I think she definitely improved. Uh, but the finish did uh, catch me off as I was really kind of expecting uh, Rose to come rolling out of this with the uh, women's, the inaugural women's championship around her belt. And it was Riho. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, uh, her experience with uh, 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 Kenny and the, the fact that the, all the fans that follow Kenny are aware of her. And uh, I, I think that kind of helps her out a little bit in the long run. And you know, speaking of Kenny, and I'll, I'll let you lead into this. I mean, he made an appearance shortly thereafter. He does. Uh, Michael Nakazawa hits the ring to interview Riho as the first women's champion, um, which I guess Michael Nakazawa is going to be a commentator now or an interviewer. Um, Nyla Rose just attacks and decimates Michael (laughs) Nakazawa. It's a hard name. A hard name, and that's a spicy moment. It was a a stiff move, too. He took it off. (laughs) Not just stiff. Like, when she picked him up for the power bomb and then didn't quite have it and gingerly placed him back on his head. I was just kind of like, okay, don't let him go anymore. Cause this could be bad, <laughs> but she, uh, gets her grip again, gets the power bomb, lays him out. 
is about to uh, do a Death Valley driver to Riho off the apron when Kenny Omega comes out and makes the save. Uh, like you said, Riho is one of the Kenny Omega's girls. Uh, he's a big proponent of the of the Joshi women, and uh, Kenny Omega's first appearance of the night. Yeah, if this doesn't, and, and certainly with the way they built it up with the other uh, Josie wrestlers they brought in from other promotions at the other pay-per-views leading up to this, this has got me more interested in, in wanting to watch more of the Josie promotions. Uh, I've been tempted about going out and getting a, uh, a stardom subscription to watch some of that. But uh, the, they, uh, the, 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 the girls they brought in, the women they brought in for, from the Joshi world uh, are no joke. Uh, yes. Starting with Brie, uh, going off to uh, Riho, um, and, and I can't pronounce her name, but the uh, uh, the girl that dressed up like uh, she was from uh, um, uh, Aladdin. Uh, the, the, oh. uh, I forget her name, but uh, she she definitely had the, the sympathetic baby baby uh, baby face eyes when Rio uh, uh, shunned her friendship. Uh, in that pay-per-view, but those, those three girls right there alone are, are, are no joke. And uh, the, the, over in Japan, they are mega, mega stars. And so it makes me mm-hmm. want to really learn more about the Joshi side of, of the business uh, just because of their introduction here at AEW. Um, I think we'll uh, probably, do you think Nyla is going to continue to, to challenge for the championship? Yeah. Considering think- what happened post-match. Yeah, I think so. I think it might be also setting up some sort of intergender thing because I think that's also one of Nakazawa's uh, gimmicks is he's in a lot of intergender matches. Um, in fact, I think one of his last matches he had was over in Singapore or Korea against Kenny and another partner in an intergender match. So uh, if he's not doing uh, some some crazy hardcore match where he's using an obscene amount of baby oil on himself – uh, you'll probably see him in a bunch of intergender matches, which is fine. I, I think he's a good wrestler. I think he's entertaining, uh, but you know he's he's not a mid carter. He's not he's not a you're not going to see him in the main event, uh, but he he's definitely entertaining enough to see to to get you in an opening opening match or something like that opening match of a card. He's kind of like the the R truth, the comedic element. <laughs> that's that's putting it. That's actually a really good comparison. <laughs> Uh, that leads us to the main event. You have uh, the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Jericho. And uh, I mean, I think everyone's still going to keep on calling him LAX, even though they're not using that name anymore. Um, this was, I, I think what they needed for a main event is is what they had here in that it was a hard-hitting match. And it, it just seemed to be something to to just throw stuff at people with. <laughs> it was, For lack of a better way of saying it. Yeah, it was bam, 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 bing, bing, bing. It was chaos. And I, I like how they introduced the matches one fall with the time limit of TV time remaining. So you kind of look at your yes. watch and go, oh, boy, this is going to be – this is a 20-minute match now, uh, which you don't see a lot on network – for network TV matches. You don't see a lot of 20-minute matches, uh, even, even a multi-man tags like the one that this was. Uh, I, I think the most longest match I saw recently was I, I think it was uh, it was uh, Corbin and his King of the Ring uh, uh, finals match. And I think that went like 15 minutes. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of yeah. long for TV. So, hey, 20 minutes. I'm blessed. And especially with all the, these six guys, I could watch it all night long for that matter. But, man, it became disorganized really early with the box running. <laughs> 
I, it was, it, there was, I don't know how, what the time limit was when they were into that match, but the, it just became, and at that point it was a cluster going forward. Yeah. Yeah. It, cluster is perfect description. Mox runs in as Kenny's getting the power of the people and uh, they go down to the VIP area and Mox puts uh, Kenny Omega through a glass table. And I was kind of thinking, you know, that's, that's going to be their big run in. And then they go to commercial, which is just shocking. Yeah. They come back and they're in the ring and you have two on three. Uh, I remember uh, there was going to be a young buck tag, but the other LAX guys uh, swiped the leg. And I think it was Nick on the outside fell. Mm-hmm. So Matt, Matt couldn't make the tag. And then it just becomes another, uh, you know, just brutal beat down to all the guys in the ring. Um, you have uh, LAX and Jericho get the win. And then afterwards, Cody comes down for a little bit of retribution for our first segment of the night. And then Sammy Guevara comes in, which kind of was a, a shock to me because he's not being presented as a main event player. Uh, but he goes after Cody, mm-hmm. and then uh, Dustin comes in, Dustin Rhodes, to, to you know, save his brother. Pop. To a big pop. Dude, that pop was so massive. I yeah. was, was yeah, it, probably, yeah, for sure. And I think I even popped here in my house. I'm just like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> um, and then the biggest surprise of the night, as far as, like, uh, unadvertised people, the former Jack Swagger, Jake Hagar, currently of, uh, I think, Bellator, Bellator yep. he comes down and uh, just lays out Dustin, and you have the hills running rampant, almost NWO style on the faces. <laughs> That's exactly another good way of putting it. It seems like they have a bit of a faction going on uh, with the way that they were kind of standing triumphant over the baby faces at the end, uh, the five of them. And that whole time, though, when we were introducing all that, there was no more mission of Mox, no more show, no more. We never saw any more of Kenny. I mean, that, yep. they, they went through that table and they were done. So we don't know what's happened with that story. All we know yeah. is that Kenny got separated from his, from his partners. His partners were, were overran by superior hero numbers. And then after running, they get you know destroyed by uh, the new guy. Uh, on the block. And I, I wonder if they're going to set up something. I, I don't know who they're going to have Hagar fight. Now I wasn't watching wrestling at the period where he came into the WWE and they, and they pushed him as he first went one money in the bank. And then yeah. he, he, he won his title based upon cashing in, uh, which yeah. I know those are often fortuitous moments of the person cashing in. It's always to their advantage. So I don't know how he was, was a champion. I know that he's a pretty technical wrestler. Uh, he, seeing him on TV, the dude's absolutely huge. He's a monster. I think he's even bigger uh, uh, muscle-wise than he was when he was in the WWE, just looking at him. But he was a, he wrestled in a singlet, right, in the WWE? So he yes. had a shirt on and everything here. So it was really hard to tell. He just To me, he looked like he was physically in better shape here than when he was when he wrestled in the WWE. So he just came off as an absolute monster. You know, I don't know if they'll have him go against uh, that, uh, that new signee they have that they've been doing the vignettes on. Uh, who's who they kind of portrayed as kind of a street fighter type of guy. Uh, yeah. his, his name is slipping me uh, at the moment right now. That's just bad podcasting on my part. But uh, it was a good run in. Uh, 
for most people, it might have been a surprise. I think Sports Illustrated broke it over the weekend that he was going to be there. Um, that, was, to me, was one of those things is I'll believe it when I see it. So uh, he showed up, and uh, I believe it. Yeah, I was kind of, a, of the same opinion. Like, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, the way he came out, like you said, he looked jacked, probably even more so in his WWE days. And uh, the way they did it, it, it was amazing. Uh, all props to Cody and the Young Bucks and whoever booked it. It, it, was, it was a great segment to end the show, and you definitely want to pick up next week when they're in Boston. Hey, and uh, they, they went right to immediate replay after that. So if you didn't get enough of that, you could watch it all over again. For sure. Um, well, I think we hit on everything. So, uh, Gary, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in with me and talking about this uh, debut episode of AEW Dynamite. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, we don't have uh, pretty much a blank card. I think the tag team tournament really starts in earnest next week. So we'll get to see some yeah. of that. And uh, hopefully we'll see uh, the, the reactions and the fallout from uh, what happened here with the, uh, the heels standing tall at the end. Absolutely. It's uh, just like uh, always in wrestling, it's to be continued. <laughs> exactly. Tune in. T- tune in next uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Hey, Outsiders, this is Mark here one last time. There you go. You got it. You got Gary and I chopping up about AEW Dynamite episode number one live from Washington, D.C. I'm bummed that tickets were sold out in like 10 minutes. I kept on getting stalled. Actually, I think it was like half hour, 45 minutes. 10 minutes is an exaggeration. I kept on uh, getting that stupid message on Ticketmaster of like you're still in line or some other fan got your tickets or just not going forward at all. And by the time I got through, they were sold out because DC is not too far away from Baltimore. But you know what? That's, you know, spilled milk. Um, uh, Definitely will be going to full gear when it's here November 9th. Looking forward to that one. Uh, But, you know, Gary and I, we had such a good time talking about AEW Dynamite episode number one as they uh, are on the road to weekly television. They're now into it, competing head-to-head with WWE, who put on a a really interesting episode with uh, NXT, not going to lie. It has some big moments, and uh, they definitely went to war as well. Want to thank everyone for listening. Check out Just a Bit Outside Radio Show, Dash jabo j-a-b-o on facebook that's where you will find past episodes links to our podcast sites uh stories throughout the week of uh sports news and just uh stuff that we find fascinating and uh maybe some of our weekly wtfs and uh you definitely always find some some booty huff and come through people on our uh on our posts um again i just want to throw a really huge thank you to gary for coming through uh, really always great to connect with another wrestling fan. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a, a, a blast. Next week, AEW is in Boston. That's going to be a really interesting show. Two weeks they're going to be in Philly. No, I didn't get tickets to that one either, even though it's only an hour away, just like DC. Um, <clears throat> but I think these next uh, few weeks of AEW TV are going to be really, really, really cool. As we uh, continue crowning champions, you got the tag team tournament going through. Um, and, uh, you know, they're on the road to full gear now. They're officially on TV. They're officially heading towards their next big event, and we're going to have to see where it goes from here. 
thanks, Gary. Check out Jabo on Facebook and everywhere else. And I will see you later. Mark out.